Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. We really got to remember to not drink Dr. Pepper's before we record. I know. Uh, I have a burp. I have like a six-inch burp. That's really disgusting. I don't need to hear about your burp. No one wants to hear about your burp like that. Sorry. Are you going to take a <laughs> Great. We have to hear yours. Are you going to take a sip? Yeah. Scott Van Dam. Six-inch burp. You're the worst, bro. I know. It is May 14th, 2019. I was hoping you were going to get the date right, because you just asked me what yesterday's date was. I got it, which is when we You hesitated a little bit. I did not. I was waiting for you to you be... You said May 14th. Like, it was... That's just how I said. It was May 14th. No, no, no. It was not natural. You're not natural. There's nothing about you. I was about to compliment you, and I'm all oh. natural. Excuse me. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. Where are we going to compliment me? I was going to say... That even though it was like a little unnatural, it was still pretty nice. Ooh, that burp came out. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. If you're new here, we are filth monsters who <laughs> watch movies. Uh, we're married. We talk about them. Talk about our lives. We have a good time. It's the podcast in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Something we also do, um, for us to do the movie on the podcast, we have to own it. It's one of the stipulations. But we also talk about movies that we actually go see in theaters, mm-hmm. which, excuse me, gonna, we have one to discuss. We're going to get there. Hold oh. on. You're going way too quick. I didn't know. You're just delaying things. I am not. I like to, I, I tell a narrative. And not just like, this is what we do. And then we did this. And now we're going to do that. Like, all right, cool. Know, well, you're, uh, all right. We'll talk about your narrative in this movie in a little bit, I guess. What? You're very slow to start. Oh, my God. Happy Mother's Day was what oh, I was going you. to say. Thank you. I'm because we just celebrated that a couple days ago. We did. We had a nice day out. Lovely. Why are you so aggressive saying it? You're like you're moving your hand. I want the recognition me. that I gave you a nice Mother's Day. Everyone knows you always do well when it comes to holidays and gift giving and things like that. Thank you. We went to a nice cheese place. We did. La Femme de Fromage. La femme de fromage. What? Say it again. La femme de fromage. What? La femme de fromage. What does that mean? I feel like I feel like I feel like uh, David O'Neill. La femme de fromage. <laughs> where we sat, where we ate gorgies. We ate precious chatouto. Excuse me. Um, La femme de fromage was the name of the place. It's in the East End Market here in Orlando. Nice little, like, hippy-dippy fucking <laughs> market. 
not our scene at all, but it's supposed to be like the best cheese place in like the state. So we yep. went, and you enjoyed it. Yes, I did. I yes. enjoyed it. You can fucking eat some cheese. I yeah. Um, I think you once called me the Michael Jordan of eating cheese. The Michael Jordan of eating yeah. cheese. That still holds true. No one can eat more cheese than me. I mean, you didn't eat all the cheese. I'm just gonna point that out. But um, Michael Jordan would have eaten all the cheese. Well, Michael Jordan would have made all. Of he would have made everybody else eat the cheese. Yesterday was like. Uh, Jordan coming back from gambling, quote unquote, uh, leaving the NBA for a couple years, and then like he didn't yeah, make he the finals. Baseball. Yeah, and then he didn't make the finals. So like, very good performance, but not your best. So next time, I anticipate you to like, you know, just be a murderer at eating cheese. Would you kill somebody over cheese? Depends what cheese. <laughs> it doesn't depend on the person, just the cheese. Yeah, no, it depends on the cheese. Depends on the cheese, fair. That ground mustard cheese wasn't my favorite. I could tell that was the one. But you if it eat. was a blue cheese mm-hmm. or a nice brie, forget about it. Okay. Uh, from there, we went to Disney Springs. Big mistake on our part. It's like ninety three degrees. It was fucking packed. Everyone sucked. So cra- we parked in the wrong garage. Here's a note: If you ever go to Disney Springs, don't park in the lime garage if you're going to the movies. Well, which we it's a bad idea. We knew, but I was like, oh, well, we're we're gonna. The problem is that every time we go to the movies, we park right by the theater. Then we go to the movie, and then we walk and like explore, and then we have to walk all the way back. So I'm like, well, how about this? We're gonna end where the movie is first. So why don't we, you know, like park here, walk, yeah. and then walk back. Fucking dumb idea. <laughs> it was an error because we on got our there part. an hour early, so I was like, "Oh, let's get our shopping over here done now, and then we'll walk to the movie." It's the same fucking thing. Actually, it was more walking. Because then we had to go walk over there, and then walk back, and then over there, and then back, and it was fucking stupid. Um, but we were terrible. there because we went and saw a movie. We did with with our baby girl, who is the best. She's just such a good little movie goer. She's so excited to eat popcorn. She sits. She there the can whole eat time. some. She's the Michael Jordan of eating popcorn. Well, no, she's a child, so, like, she's the, um, what is she? Actually, yeah. No, she's, she's only gonna get better, but she's great already. She's, like, the Joel Embiid of eating popcorn. I don't get that reference. No, Joel Embiid's kind of an asshole. You have to do, like, she's really Michael good Jordan. Eating, she's really good at eating popcorn. Let's LeBron James. Hey, 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 hey. Watch your mouth. I'm just saying, these are the players I know. We went uh, and saw Detective Pikachu. We did. We saw Detective Pikachu. And if you know, up front, we don't have any spoiler discussion. We just give our general thoughts on the movie. And I think we both enjoyed it. There was not enough Snorlax. Well, that's... Spoiler. Yeah. I was going to say spoiler. He is more ripped than you. He's um, more ripped than you. But yeah, it was cute. I, uh, it was cute. cute. Cute is the appropriate word for it. I liked it. it. I enjoyed it. it I liked watching all the people play Pokemon Go right out after right the, right movie, the movie. Dur- during the movie, Man, you went to the bathroom. You went to change the movie. There were some weird fucking people outside that movie. There was, there was a guy talking to somebody on the phone, like telling him what happened in the movie. He had the weirdest goddamn voice. I, I, I wish I could even begin to replicate it. I mean, I can't be any worse than some of the other impressions you do on this show. But I'm not gonna know the, if it's accurate or not. This is how I think it sounded like. Yeah, so we saw the Pikachu movie, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> is he like a detective from the twenties, like? But a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really weird. It was it was fucking weird. I'm, You're like, so I'm like, hurry up and change Jillian so I can get away from this fucking weird. You know, you didn't have to stand there, bastard. right? Why did why I wanted you to see where I was? 
So yeah. So anyway, Detective Pikachu, Detective Pikachu, good fun. What did you just call it? Detective Pikachu. That's not what you just said. Detective Pikachu. Oh, and a recap from last episode. You did mispronounce a word. I did. You did. So I am one behind on our. Run to 250 and reading the back the back of the boxes. Um, thank God I'm not reading it tonight. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, you would not do well. Um, I've read way more boxes. That's our there. recap for the past uh, week or so. Um, let's get into today's podcast. It is our random selection out of the box. The Post is this week's podcast. Um, I drew it, which means the other person reads it. So, Samantha, please read the box. The Post. Extraordinary. Must see, says Peter Travers, Rolling Stone. Come on, Peter Travers. <laughs> I like those, those uh, one-word uh, reviews. Mm-hmm. Hanks and Streep are a match made in movie heaven, says Richard Roper, Chicago Sun-Times. This box is damaged. So you can read you with the Peter reading. I, just Hurry the fuck me. up. Oscar winners Steven Spielberg, Meryl Streep, and Tom Hanks team for the first time in this thrilling film based on a true story. Determined to uphold the nation's civil liberties, Catherine Graham Streep, publisher of the Washington Post, and hard-nosed editor Ben Bradley Hanks join forces to expose a decades-long cover-up. But the two must risk their careers and their freedom to bring truth to light in this powerful film with a celebrated cast. A spectacularly entertaining thriller, says David Ehrlich, IndieWire. That's not a fuck up. It, it was is just true. A pause. You have, you had, no, no you no. stuttered. I didn't stutter. You did. I don't stutter. You, you stuttered. That counts. I didn't stutter. You stuttered. On what? Truth. To bring t- t- truth. That's not what I said. I said to bring truth no 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 no. there was a definitive no. break a definitive full stop in the t and then the the truth so asterisk it and we'll go back to the tape and also i don't know if you said this guy's name right david elric that's what you said it's Ehrlich. i had a teacher my fifth grade teacher Ehrlich. her last name was Ehrlich, and that's oh. how she spelled it did you i did yes whatever and I've read five more boxes than you. You have not. Yes, I have. I've read five more boxes than you. Well, you just picked the wrong fucking things. We'll check I the tape. Hit you with this box. We'll check the tape. So yeah, check the tape. Check the map, goof. This was not. Uh, this was two years ago, twenty seventeen. Sure. I guess when the movie came out. Yeah, because it was nominated. Years get out. Yes, and then it was, yeah, it was nominated for... I'm stuff. so glad that Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep are the only ones who are referenced on this box, by the way, because there are some people in this cast whose names I can't pronounce properly. Like who? A lot of them. Bob Odenkirk? Yeah, I probably would have messed that up. David Cross? Mm-hmm. Um, Bradley Whit... Bradley Whitford. What's wrong with saying Bradley, Bradley Whitford? Bradley Whitford. Say it again? Bradley Whitford. Jesse Plemons. The Human Torch was denied a bank loan. Um, I was just verbalizing like Anchorman. So, uh, we didn't see this in theaters, uh, but we both wanted to, hence why we bought we it on Black we did. Friday. I did, I did want to see this. Um, you know me, I love, I love me some investigative journalism movies. 
I'm an investigative journalism whore. Um, Why did I want to see this? So I'm guessing that means that you did not like this. So I think, when did we watch Spotlight? A couple years ago at this point. Like right around when this movie came, I was like, oh man. No, I think we saw Spotlight about a year before this. Yeah, so I was excited. Because I enjoyed Spotlight. Mm-hmm. I thought this movie was going to be more like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I mean, I guess it was. I guess I just didn't like the portrayal of it. I don't want to say anything insensitive on this episode. Because... I what? thought I heard something. People get really weird about, you know, wars and things. And I just want to say thank mm-hmm. you to all the veterans who have served. Especially, mm-hmm. I know, Vietnam causes a lot of controversy because of the Pentagon Papers sure. and the subject matter that this movie covers. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, I didn't know what the fuck was happening half the time you in just this have movie. A, you just have, you just are, your brain doesn't work in some movies. Yeah, my brain reason. doesn't work in some movies, yeah. I think that like it, that's this, fair. Like, there's nothing confusing about this. The, I, you were just bored and didn't feel bored. like paying attention hard enough to yeah. know what was going on. I know you. I know you so well. If there's not a fucking singing princess or That's not true. or fucking or if it's spelling it out for you, you're just like, well, whatever. And I'm just gonna go play my my uh, uh, my uh, jewel jewel smash <laughs> on your fucking iPad uh-huh. and then look up and be like, oh well, they're still talking, and you're not gonna know what's going on. Okay. Um. I mean, you are right. It was boring. <laughs> You're such a dick. But like, I did not understand what was going on. No, at like, the beginning, I just. Well, it was a choice. They they were showing you the yeah, horrors yeah, of war. It was war. a wrong choice. Well, I think it's wrong anytime that Steven Spielberg, who is the director of this movie, um, like if you're Spielberg, you can't go back to fucking war scenes after Saving Private yeah, Ryan. Yeah, you can't. You just can't. Um, it was to show um, Matthew Reese's character. You know, he was in the trenches in Vietnam. He was seeing it firsthand. And so when he came back um, and he saw, like, he is asked for his opinion. He gives it. It is corroborated. And then as soon as they get off the plane, his words are not reciprocated out to the public. That's when he took it upon himself to do what he did. Uh, that's crystal clear. Okay. Um, but... It is it is weird to do that, and it was a very very slow and tedious start to this movie, and it's juggling yes. too many different things at once. So number one, right out of the gate, knowing this story, um, because having studied this era of journalism in school, I think that also might be my problem. Why? That I didn't, and well, I yeah. don't know. This. Well, I, I still did, and it still it still in, it still struggled to hold my interest. Yeah. My thing with it is, so the Washington Post is predominantly known for Watergate, which, as I as my notes, I wrote like, hmm, this is just a sequel to All the President's Men. Like it literally has a cliffhanger to a movie that already happened forty years ago. Yes. You already know what's gonna happen. Yes. Um. So, but I love the so Ben Post, Bradley, yeah, Ben Bradley as a you know is a very prom and Catherine Graham both um, are are prominent figures in the world of publishing and journalism for everything that they did. Uh, their position in this is kind of over overspoken 
because it's the New York Times that really does the work, but because the people in the New York Times don't have, like, the name value, excuse me, and the recognition that Ben Bradley and Catherine Graham have. Like, Other than the New York Times name itself. Right. Their position gets swept under the mark. So they're the ones who get the the federal injunction filed against them, and the Post decides to be the first paper to basically, like, stick their nose up at it and, like, still proceed, and they're the ones who have more documents. But they didn't do anything here, like, really groundbreaking. Like, the Times is the one that does the story. The Times is the one who has the same report that, that the Post does. But they're also the ones who just happen to be the ones who got... You know, the jungle. <coughs> the actual they who actually got action. Ellsberg to yeah. you know, to do that kind of thing. So like that hurts my overall like like up until literally it gets to like the will they or won't they publish what they have, it's basically an hour and ten minutes of like, so fucking what? You guys have like you guys are just basically like like trying to stay in the story. And and what I I guess I didn't realize how much the Washington Post struggled, mm-hmm. um, you know, with what they portrayed in this, you know, going public and everything. And you have that story. And I don't. I don't know at the time. I'm not as familiar with that as I am like the whole Pentagon Papers. Sure. I don't know but, if that is as prominent or as prevalent in the decision making as it was made out to be. It ultimately didn't hold my interest in that yeah, regard. But and and I just I guess. Seeing the previews for this and have wanting to see it and as much attention as Meryl Streep gets, um, you know, as best actress. Um, every year for, every year for the, she could play a potato and she yeah, could but, nominated. You know, I thought that this character and the role in this movie was going to be very different mm-hmm. than what it turned out to be. Mm-hmm. I felt that this character was shit on a lot bossed around by men and I know that it's a sign of the times mm-hmm. I understand that I get it but, but then anytime she walks past 10 women in a row they have to be like mm, oh my ooh, god ooh, right a, a woman who was allowed in the supreme court it was like very like yeah like that and 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 you know I understand the story is her basically growing a set and standing up for what she wants and what she believes the paper to be but I felt like they made some really poor choices. And that might Agreed. be what actually happened in real life. Sure, sure, sure. But sure. I have no interest in seeing her treated yeah. that way. Like, if that's what actually happened, and I doubt it, then let's actually take some artistic liberty here. Right, <laughs> and, like, you know, make her seem like a stronger character from the get. Because they, they started out portraying her as this weak person who didn't deserve to be where she was. So, so and it's only because of a man, her father who created yeah, so it, her I husband was actually, who died. I was actually fine with that because I because that is Cuz you to, are a man. No, cuz cuz to me it was going to lead to these epic moments of growth and discovery and whatnot and like when she finally like says, "Okay, let's run with the story." It's done in such like a anticlimactic like way. It's like, what do you yeah, think I should yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah let's let's let's. Uh, yeah, let's do. she did like stuttering John from the Howard Stern show. Like it was just weird, like how it was done. And then the only real moment she has is when they're all like debating it as a group afterwards, and she kind of stands her ground with Ben Bradley. But even still, like she seems like a second fiddle type person in this whole story, and she doesn't have this big 
rah moment. Right. That bothered me. The initial part of her, you know, not reading her notes, letting the other men speak for her, kind of just going along with it all. Like that that made sense to me. And I was I was waiting for that to no longer be. And then then the movie was over. And I was like, oh well, she did it. Yay. Yeah. Um I still I didn't hate it. Um No, I didn't hate it, but it's got some very good performances. I mean, it's, Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep are great. I love their uh, convert. I wouldn't say that one of them was great. I would say one of them was fine. They were great together. I also would disagree with that. Mm-hmm. So my so my first my first three notes. I already mentioned the Spielberg war scenes, and I said that was pretty boring to start. It took forever to get everything set up. It did. It the was first scene that they're in when like she meets him for lunch or whatever. I was so confused about that. How are you confused about that? They're having lunch. I think, but I guess I was not, I was just confused as to like, that's what people like do. Like when you work in a newspaper, you, you have, just sit you... and you talk about newspaper things. Yes. You don't talk about other things. Like it's always, no, you're, you're always, always on. Yes. Because you have to report because if something happens at 11 o'clock at night. Well, guess what? You don't want to be the paper that doesn't have that news story in when you guys have to go to press in an hour. You always have to have somebody there ready and willing. And able to do. You saw those fucking printing machines. Yeah, man. Um, but no that, that, that first scene, that first scene with the two of them, I was like, this just feels off. It felt like a bad play. Like, you I could tell they were on, like, a set. Like, you could tell that they were bouncing lines back and forth off one another. Nothing about it felt, like, like natural. And they didn't have, like, any chemistry with one another. Once, like, Hank's kind of, like, snaps at her for one of the suggestions she has, then it kind of started to work. But at first I was like, man, why are, like, two of our greatest living actors just kind of shit in the bed right here? And I think maybe it has to do with, you know, Spielberg really rushed this movie, the production of it and everything, to kind of go in line with when fake news was becoming a really Mm -hmm. big thing. So I think that might have something to do with it. Like, they didn't really rehearse. They didn't have time to really devote to this movie and I think a movie like this mm-hmm. needs time. It's a great point. I, I, I made a note later on that it's a very it's very timely, but it's maybe too on the nose and overt. There's literally like two or three lines that I'm just like, fuck, like that line was written. Like the character might as well have just broke the fourth wall and looked out of the audience and been like, huh? Like now? Huh? Yeah, you see? You get it? Like, it was just hammering it over the head in, like, the tiniest way. And, again, I agree with everything that's being said, that I hold those same stances and those same opinions, but it could have been done better and in a more educated and covert way. Yeah. Um. So I agree with you that that hurt. The same thing with, like, the feminist stuff. Fuck yeah, man. Let's do it. I don't need to see Meryl Streep walk into the Supreme Court and have every woman gawk over her, walk out of the Supreme Court and have every woman gawk over her, and have her run into a woman on the opposite side of the of the battle. of the battle and be like, I'm rooting for you, and then watch her get dressed down by her man. Like, it was just like, come on, like, let's just fucking get this over with. Let's just let's just tell the story, please, because the way you're telling it. I, it's making me not root for this. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's just not done in the smart way. It's not done in, in a good way. When it gets down to journalism and fighting and debate, I'm fucking in. 
Like when they're in the house and you know they're all going back and forth, like reading I like all the, the papers fucking papers, everywhere. shits everywhere. Girls making a million dollars selling lemonade, like hey, like everybody get is, it, girl. Like that stuff, I love that type of stuff. That's why I like stuff in spotlights. Why I like stuff in all the presidents' men. Yeah, that's why I I like those things. I mean, I there re- wasn't enough of it. Yeah, there wasn't enough of it. I re- I liked uh, Sarah Paulson in this movie. I like so I wrote, she's totally wasted. Allison Brie is wasted. They have too many good people in this movie that they don't give anything what to fucking cast. do. Yeah, what it's a, a fantastic cast. cast. And then there's layers to it. So Sarah Polson and Allison Brie are always going to be very good. They do fucking nothing. They could have been anybody. Look, excuse if, me. Sarah Polson serves some great sandwiches. Okay? If anything. I wish that you were a journalist so I could back be, in those days so I could just make sandwiches for and everyone. And smoking everywhere. Smo- and painting. Um, and that's it. But if anything, I would have rather they'd been two nameless actors, actresses because I was disappointed they didn't get more to do. It was distracting. Then I'm like, oh, fuck, that's Allison Brie. Okay, cool. When is she going to do something? Yeah, she's going to um, sit there. Then you had, like, the minor characters, like David Cross, who was like, why the fuck is David Cross in this? Who's a lot of fun. It's like, okay, cool. He's, you know, doing a really good job. Same thing with, uh, I'm going to fuck up his name, um, Gail from Breaking Bad. Who was like that humorous at like the dinner table, like you know doing whatever? I was like, that guy's really good, but I know that guy. Like, fucking get some other actor to do that. Right. And then you have people who just like were kind of out of their own, and like, like you said, like is that that fucking Jesse Plemons guy. I'm like, yeah, it's Jesse Plemons. He's a great actor, but why did he have to do that role? Same right. thing with Zach Woods, like the other legal guy. Like, I don't need the Silicon Valley dude in this. Yeah. He adds nothing. Right. It's just like, oh, let's just get a name, have them do this, and cool. And then later, when we get to MVP and LVP, there was somebody who I'm not super familiar with, who I felt had a pretty significant role, who I was like, why wasn't that somebody? Because this person was just boring. Um, You're really passionate about this. Well, it just, like, you read this cast, and it's like, god damn, but then there's so many missed opportunities um, for a lot of it. Um... Yeah, sorry. I mean, a... I think it was better as it went on. It just did not start it off did. as my cup of tea. The first um, 30, 40 minutes are yeah. pretty, but, are pretty I mean, lagging. And I guess it's just so hard to imagine. I know that this came out in the 60s, which wasn't that long ago. My mother was born in the 60s. <clears throat> so it wasn't that long ago, but it's just the differences between then and now. Yeah. It's incredible. It's, it's incredible, and it's easy to see how the field of journalism has changed so much and I guess it's very um, good that to have you here to, to talk about it because you majored in journalism when we went to school something mm-hmm. that you had wanted to do you did newspaper in high school um, which I have copies of all of them upstairs or in the garage or somewhere in this they're house. in the house um, they're here so so but it, it's something that had always been very close to you but kind of, I think, we've talked about it before on the show, that we graduated probably in the worst possible time for anyone to ever graduate. Yes. And we, uh, you know, the landscape had changed so much from what we were taught to what they were expecting that we didn't have time to really pivot and catch up to that. So, you know, how do you... How do you feel? I mean, I could see, oh, look at these big-ass printing presses and all this stuff, and they have to get the papers run by this time, when now they print it on a fucking, like, Epson printer. You know, they could, like, type it up and do it yeah. in, like, 30 seconds. Like um, I'm an old soul, 
so like I always like I've always romanticized like this time period because again like I always love like historical journalism like I I took a couple classes on it in college um and it was back then not that it still isn't but back then it like you see here it was the fucking duty like it was in the fucking constitution what the press was to do was to keep everybody fucking honest um and sh like you know sure it was a white male driven world that was filled with smoke and booze Good thing and you're a white male who loves smoke and booze <laughs> Um, so it's not Spoiler, the... Spoiler? I yeah. don't know if people know that you're a white man. I think they can hear it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... I don't know. I but I also just like the... The... The morals and the honor of these... Of these people that just, you know, wanted the fucking truth and, and recognize what was wrong. And it's still that way. Um, my misgivings with the world of journalism now are more so in like how technology and how just corporate America has kind of just turned journalism into being like almost like a lost art form yeah. in terms of what I've mentioned on, on countless times to you and other people is that, you know, when I did graduate and people were transitioning to digital media, there is a lost art of, you know, going out there and getting a story and, and scrapping for it and not having to just send an email or get a file sent to you or, you know. But also, like, it's a different kind of personality, it's a different kind of skill set. And also most places had some kind of physical media or some kind of channel that was failing, like so many magazines, so many newspapers that don't exist anymore, or don't even run every fucking day. Like my, I think my hometown newspaper doesn't even run every day anymore. The Akron Beacon Journal, I think it's like, three, <laughs> I think it's like three times a week. Not that Akron Beacon Journal is the Washington Post. I'm just but, saying, like you I know, didn't know people. But there were writers that used to work for that mag, the, that newspaper I that are. Your dad was the only person in Akron who read a newspaper. To be quite honest, no, with the Akron you. Beacon Journal like has had writers that have been have gone on to be like. TV columnists and published yeah, authors and things sure, like that. Sure, but I thought your dad was the only one who actively read the newspaper there. No, everybody... My mom reads like four newspapers, right. mind you, every day. My point is that all those things, like people stopped using them because of what they had at their disposal. So no, what, I think that's a fair point. So what these companies started to do was, okay, what do we have at our disposal? Let's have people, you know, provide that content that will do it for less money, with less skill, um, because they're able to. So instead of the person that has the four-year degree that's been writing, you know, for said newspaper for 10, 15 years, let's get the 21, 22-year-old who won't leave his house that can just, you know, use SEO and do whatever to scramble something together. Like, the fact that CNN uses Bleacher Report for yeah. their sports stories, like, Bleacher Report... Like, I wrote for fucking Bleacher Report when I was, like, 19 years old. Because you could just... Anybody could do it. Like, I could go on a whole long fucking thing I want. But th that's kind of where I'm at with it, is it's sad that there aren't... That there aren't, like, well-known grinders anymore. Like, there, there aren't, like, bad geekians that, you know, are... 
you know, going to fucking pay phones, doing their sources, you know, whatever it may be. I'm sure there are. It's just I don't know it because I am part of the problem. I will just go to Reddit and look at the, the website that posted the article today that has it. Yeah. And also, people are fucking afraid to do it now. Like, the media, like, one media person says the wrong thing, or one media person attracts certain attention, and your fucking life is on the line. Yeah. Sadly, because one person can just say something fucking stupid, and then you're public enemy number one, when you were just doing your fucking job, and you also were telling the truth. Right. So, uh, soapbox off. <laughs> um... So that's why I still hold a candle to these type of stories is because this is good old-fashioned reporting and, and work. Uh, and I still, like I said, that's the kind of stuff that I like seeing. But I, I don't care about the Washington Post going public. I don't care about the characters' relationships to the politicians. Like, I didn't. Like, well, right. I know you had to go there. I could, but I... I... Exactly. I get why they brought it up and they said it, but it didn't, I didn't know about the, like, I don't want you to tell me, oh yeah, we had a relationship, but we didn't do anything about it. Like, I don't, and there's like, it no, doesn't do anything And there's me. no added drama to it. I'd rather it be, I, I know what's yeah. going to happen. Right. Like, right, it, exactly. We know the outcome of the story. This yeah. is a, not a made up story. Right. Parts of it is, but as uh, you know. I'm sure, but overall, it's not a made-up story, so it's like, what do they want us to believe and do? The only two notes I haven't covered so far were, uh, hey, what's going on with sports? <laughs> like, there was, like, the one where, like, it goes back to the office, like, I think the intern comes back, and there's, like, hardly anybody there, they're, you know, reporting back from the house, and, like, there's still people in the office, and everyone's working on the same thing. I'm like, hey, there's other pages of this paper. <laughs> like, who's working on all this shit? I know. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> and the, the other thing I had was uh, one of the things that bothered me about the movie was uh, so how slow and meticulous that, last, that first, like, 30, 40 minutes was, and then the ending is just, like, out of nowhere. Like, they're gearing up for this big Supreme Court case and you don't see a goddamn thing that happens nope like they don't even again they don't even take the the artistic like the hollywood liberties of making her give some big rabble rousing speech and like winning the day or whatever you get some quick cuts of fat matt damon in like state court you know answering questions and they're in the supreme court and then they walk outside and they are interviewing, they li- the movie literally admits that they're interviewing the New York Times because they are the important piece of this puzzle. And the Washington Post just kind of like walked out of the side. We've said all we need to say. Yep. And uh, Charlie's Angels watches Catherine Graham like walk past them. Yeah, but it's like you've said all you need to say because nobody wants your opinion right now. Right, but like, it, so, so don't make a whole movie about this if you're not going to have the fucking balls at the end of it to say... Or to, to lie to the audience and say, this is what happened. Yeah. Like, it just, at the end of it, I was my, like, okay, like, uh, that's it? Yeah. They won. Cool. I think my favorite line in this movie um, was Sarah Paulson, like, like j- I just liked her character, and like, just what a good attitude. Because, you know, stressful. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom Hanks' character was stressed throughout this yeah. movie. He was real stressed. Mm-hmm. And then he's saying all this stuff about, you know, losing his job or losing freedom, whatever. Yeah, she's like. Jail. But she's like, okay, uh, she, as for your job, you can always find another one. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, which I think is really good. Like, and with this, like, okay, so this paper didn't publish it, and then look, they inspired all these other ones to publish. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always more. There's always something else you can do. Yes, this movie was that about them inspiring the nation, but I just like that. You know, this housewife was like able to inspire her husband yeah. and be like, "Okay, it's not the end of the world." Like, it, it's heavy. Sure, it's heavy. I can't imagine having sent people to a war years after you knew you couldn't win it. And, like, mm-hmm. I know, like I said at the beginning of this show, there's a lot of people who feel certain ways about, especially the Vietnam War, and I would never want to pretend to, to know what that feels like because I never had to go off to war, have a family member go off to war. Um, but, you know, it's just putting it in perspective, like, it's not the end of it's not the end all be all. Yeah. Like there's other things you can do, and I, th- and I guess, you know, this movie kind of tried to show that, but then at the same time was like, oh no, this is the end all be all because if we don't get this public offering, we're gonna go under. Right. You know, so like, I don't know. Was, maybe that's why I was so confused by this movie because I did not know what message they were trying to get across necessarily. See, that makes more sense. The way you made it sound earlier was that well, you were no, confused I as to fu- what was happening. And I, was I was like, just this- fucking confused as to why this guy was on his typewriter when there's bombs going off around him. And it's like, come on, dude. Come on. Take that to the shelter or something. Uh, I also didn't like like the way, like so they get back to the office and the Supreme Court makes a ruling and like Carrie Coons when like it's going to make it and so the guy just like Walks down and is like, oh, we won six to three. Like, again, if that, that's the way that it happened, cool. Fucking lie to me. I don't care, yeah. <laughs> like, make something up. It just, like, it just literally just took the past hour and 40 minutes of of the whole point of Meryl Streep, you know, sticking up for herself and being a woman in this workplace and everything else. And then this woman doesn't even get the opportunity to make a simple announcement to her office. <laughs> Which is kind of, well, all right, well, there we go. So... Yeah, I, I honestly don't know how I feel like about this as a whole. Like I, I feel it's severely flawed. Like you said earlier, I feel like it is rushed, and I feel like it could have been so much better. Look how boring even the back, like the back of the box. All three of these pictures are in the same room. <laughs> like there's not even a different setting in it. Like they didn't take a picture of them in the house. It's like it's all them in the fucking, all them in the fucking newsroom. And they're not even in the newsroom that much. It's just, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. This was, this disappointed me. Yeah, this disappointed this me as well. This was a disappointing uh, movie to watch. Let's get into performances. Let's get into MVP and LVP. Where do you want to start? We can start with uh, MVP. MVP. Well, I mean, it's a two-person race. I have my selection pretty easily. Let me see what you're thinking. Well, Tom Hanks, of course, I feel, always does an amazing job. Mm-hmm. He, he really brought it, but Bob Odenkirk really did a good job as well, and I'm sure that that's your second part, or that's who you probably want. No, no, uh, you have it exactly right. Yeah, Tom, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is my MVP, but, but Bob, Bob Odenkirk, Odenkirk is a strong runner such up. a good job he, in this. He was, was surp- very good. I was surprised. I thought he was going to be a little, not outclassed, but kind of out of his element, um, because he wasn't used as, like... Comedic, comedic anything. Yeah, yeah, wasn't used as, like, the the relief in the film. He does a really good job. Um, 
But yeah, ultimately it's Tom Hanks. Like I said, to me, Meryl Streep seemed like she was playing a character. I I knew that was Meryl, but I knew that was Meryl Streep being Catherine Graham. Okay. Whereas I could watch Tom Hanks and just think that that was somebody named Bill Ben Bradley doing what he's doing. He was much more natural. Um, had a much more. I mean, his character was written better. Like you thought we talked about earlier. Some yeah. of it I don't think necessarily was Streep's fault, but he was more natural. He was more. Uh, I think he charismatic. Just carried more too. Yeah, I mean, I one hundred percent agree with you. That's why I said earlier, like both were great. And I was like, Streep was fine. She's not my LVP at all. No, I mean, I yeah, I think she it's, did good with what she was given. Right. I don't think she was given enough, yeah. or was it the right material? Because and see, that's what drives me nuts. Like, so she got nominated for an Oscar for this, and I don't think there's anything outstanding about her about it at all. Whereas Tom Hanks. I would say is much more likely for me to be an outstanding performance of the year because of how much he puts into it. And yeah, and it was just, he had a lot of range, you know, when he got angry, you know, I, I just enjoyed watching him. Yes. Agreed. Like when his action picked up, I, you know. I sat up, I paid attention. Right, I was more into the movie. I stopped playing my game on my <laughs> iPad. Told called it. So Tom Hanks <laughs> is now a three-time MVP. Yes, of course. He's joining uh, some elite company here. Um, Tom Hanks is a three-time MVP alongside Robin Williams, alongside uh, James McAvoy, and alongside Carl Weathers. Yeah. Um, they are behind the four-time MVPs, who are Bill Murray, Samuel Jackson, and Hugh Jackman. So Hanks uh, well on his way. Streep's still only that one MVP. Um... Mentioned Odenkirk, liked Odenkirk. Like I said, some of the minor characters, I like David Cross. He, he didn't seem out of place, which was, was kind of good. Um, of course, Sarah Paulson and Nelson Brie are always good. Didn't do much of anything. Um, we talked about Streep, a lot of other bit players. Uh, you didn't like that guy who played the main guy. What? You didn't like the guy who, who played the reporter. The Well, that narrows it down. The... Ellerson? Is that his name? No, I have no idea who you were talking about. The guy who stole the r- report. Oh, uh, Ellsberg. Matthew Ellsberg. Reese? No, I like oh. Matthew Reese. Matthew oh, Reese okay. is fine. Okay. Um, just again, highlighting people who I liked. Uh, Bradley Whitford, never does any wrong. Bruce Greenwood, always very good, reliable. Carrie Coon, just like Playmoves was out of place. Zach Woods was out of place. Michael Stolberg didn't do anything. Um, my LVP is Tracy Letts. The guy who played Fritz. For a character who was seemingly as important as he was, kind of like Catherine Graham's right-hand person, person, you know, basically the one who's steering her in all the directions. Not even an antagonist, per se. Bradley Whitford's character was more antagonistic um, because ultimately this guy kind of, like, fell in line with what she was saying. Was fucking so boring. Gave no yeah. kind of umph, no kind of nuance, was just fucking there. And this guy is the guy who wrote August of Sauge County. Um, he's, a, he's a Tony Award winning actor. Tracy, what's his name? Letts. L-E-T-T-S. He's married to Carrie Coon. Oh. Um, like, like, just totally forgot 
that he was ever involved or there. Um, and f- he was in the movie a lot. Yeah, he was. Like, he's probably like the fourth or fifth, like, most screen time in the movie. Yeah. And that's the, the, the perfect example. I'm sure this guy's fucking famous enough. What, he's, he's, he's written a, a Tony-winning play. He's acted in a Tony award-winning show. You know, but for the profile of this, like, why don't you spend your fucking money on getting... I don't fucking know. I almost said Philip Seymour Hoffman. Rest in peace. <laughs> oh my god. But um, but you know what I mean? Like yeah, somebody no like idea. that. It's like have that guy come in here and chew some scenery up with with Streep, mm-hmm. as opposed to fucking getting Allison Brie and Sarah Paulson and these other people who aren't doing a goddamn thing. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So that that's what bugged me about it. Um, was it? And he just, he just didn't bring anything to the table. So that's our LVP, Tracy okay. Letts. Tracy, let's not see him in any more movies. Do we have any more movies this guy's in? Let's look. Hold on. Theater. He's done a ton of theater. Um, he wrote Bug, Killer Joe. Okay, sure, 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 sure. Glass Menagerie. God, that's a fucking actor, actor. Um, he was in the movie Straight Talk with Dolly Parton and James Woods. That shows it right there. He's also in Wiener... Who the fuck is this guy? He's in a movie called Wiener Dog. Um, he was in The Big Short. Oh, okay, so we'll, oh, he's in Lady Bird. Okay, so we'll see him in some other... Shit, unfortunately. Um, he did an episode of Home Improvement back in 1995. <laughs> oh, my God. Man, he has a very fun TV resume. Home Improvement, early edition. Remember the show Early Edition? Like I, like the newspaper for the next day, that day? Yes. Yeah. They that, still have Early Edition. Was that Kyle Chandler? I think Early Edition's still on the air. Yeah. No, it's not. That show's been off the air for, like, te- like 15 years. I don't years. know, man. Yeah, it was Kyle Chandler. Son of a bitch. Um, he was in Seinfeld, The Drew Carey Show, Judging Amy, The Profiler, Prison Break, Homeland. Yeah, this guy's had a, uh, guy had a career. Uh, alright, any, um, any other actors or any other people we didn't cover that uh, deserve attention? Mm, no, I think we're good. Yeah. Anything else on the post? Uh, No. I do like newspaper, so I like to hold the newspaper. And I like to do crossword puzzles. <laughs> so, I do like newspaper. I like to hold it. I like to hold it. I like to have my dog pee on it. I can has newspaper? I can has newspaper? I can pee on newspaper? Um, um, yeah, so I hope newspapers don't, don't go away, because, you know, I have, like, digital crosswords and stuff I could do, but mm-hmm. it's not the same. I like doing crossword puzzles. Hey, by the way, could you give me one of those Windermere Observers so I could? Do well, that? we're not allowed to keep them out at work anymore, so I have to wait every Thursday for when they get delivered. What do you mean you can't keep them out at work? Like, uh, like the little thing we have by the door, we're not allowed to have that anymore. It's unapproved marketing. It's been there literally since the building was open. Yeah, I know. Now it's the thing, so I had to throw it away. But what? Um, but you know, I want it. Why did you throw it away? Why didn't you just keep the one? I want to keep the metal racket. I get just it. Put it in like the break room. I, no, we have no room in the break room for a metal newspaper holder. You have plenty of room. Stop hitting that thing. It's not going to come out well on the on the on the recording. It's going to come out fine. Come angry that you want me to put a metal newspaper rack there's in my break room. There's, there's plenty not. room in your break room. There is not. Yes, there is. So I want you to come to my work. I will. I I'll show you exactly where. I know your break. Tell I me. W- tell me where. Yes, I tell will. Tell me. Tell me where I, in the break room it can go. Right now. Move the water cooler and put it there. We have like 15 bottles of water. That's your own problem. 
Well, you over order. No. There it, are six people who work in your book. It is Nestle who's... There are, you can call them and change your delivery. I, I have. Well, you obviously did it wrong. We're not getting... You have anymore. six people who work in your branch. You don't need 15 jugs of we water. Go through, we go through a lot of water. When you don't drink it. Yes, I do. I drink a ton of water every single day. Excuse me. Score time for the post. So should you bring it up? I can like newspaper. Please bring newspaper. Give it 40 years. There won't be a physical newspaper. Oh my God, that's so sad. When our generation is 70 years old. No. By the way, yeah, we'll be 70 years old in 40 years. Better than being 76. I'll be dead, probably. Oh um, my god! <laughs> That's terrible, Chris. What will die first, newspapers or me? At Mary W. Movies on Twitter. Let us know what's gonna go. Um, Alright, so score time for the post. <laughs> Sorry. I'm kidding. Oh I'm kidding. Um, Where am I gonna put your obituary, then? <laughs> Facebook. Which won't be around then either. Man, I don't I'm gonna have to learn how to use like Snapchat or something. I don't know what to score this movie. I scored first. Ugh. Flawed. Good performances. It's hard to it's hard to score a boring movie. It is. Because like it's it's not it's it bad. wasn't bad. It was just boring. Like it does its job. I just don't particularly like the the context. And I don't know what makes this so different than like Spotlight and All the President's Men, which are very similar in terms of they're about the journalists who cover a significant event in our history. Spotlight had more like urgency and Spotlight had more uh what I'm looking for. More energy and a more eclectic it was just a better movie. Well, yes. Better. Uh, Although the cast in this arguably would be better. Eh, in terms yeah, of, in terms all of, all the presidents men just has seasoned. It's it's more. Fr- it's just fresher. Starts the genre out. You got fucking Hoffman and Redford and Robards. Like all the presidents men, so fucking good. I want to rewatch it like now. Um, I'm gonna give this a five and a half. Oh my god, that's exactly what I have. Five and a half. Five and a half for this movie. This is not a best picture nominee. This well, is not. I mean, it was. This this is didn't win. And also, like Spielberg. So there's a couple moments of like decent directing and like interesting decisions. But why the fuck is this Spielberg? Like, there's nothing Spielbergian. Like, I'm not wanting a dinosaur to come out and fucking eat Bradley Whitford. You thought it'd be fucking cool in the middle of this. <laughs> like, it didn't seem epic. Yes, it like Spielberg is meant to be epic with. His movies. Yeah. It, it didn't it didn't feel like Spielberg. And I, I didn't need it to, but at least if I'm going into it, I'd expect it. So Yeah. So five and a half on the post. I'm going to have to reach in the box, draw a movie for us. What are we hoping for here? Uh, something that I would want to watch sooner than click, which is most things. Okay. Let's see what we... Oh, boy. This is just weird. What? What is I it? I feel like I feel like there should be more to this because I know we don't only own what? one of this series. What is it? Scary Movie Three. <laughs> we only own Scary Movie Three. <laughs> Why? Because the, the first one was no better. No, Scary Movie Three is actually my favorite scary movie. But Scary Movie One is really good. You just want to see Sean Wayne's with a dick in his ear. I want to tell the story of when I. 
my cousin convinced my mom to take me to go see that movie. What year did this scary movie one come out? 2000. How old was I? In 2000, you were 13. Troy, my cousin, mm-hmm. convinced my mother to take us to go see that movie. I'm sitting next to my mom, and then this dick goes in someone's ear. I'm 13 years old. It was so awkward. There, I told the story. Now we could just watch Scary Movie 3. <laughs> I own Happy Mother's Day. I own Scary Movie and Scary Movie 2, because just like Urban Legend, like back in the day, I was like, oh man, I want to see like boobies and like like murders and stuff. Oh. So like... My mom just like like rented the movies for me, and I recorded them. Oh wait, two VCRs. Oh, your two VCRs. Yeah. Oh, she recorded them. Yeah, for and you? then I bought them on DVD, and then I got to be like eighteen. I'm like, yo, these movies suck, so I got rid of them. But then I saw a scary movie three in theaters because I worked at the theater, and it's a Zucker Brothers movie. Like the guys who did Airplane did this movie, so it's more so like a parody spoof that actually hits. Look, all right, man. I own Scary Movie three. Uh, Shut but up. I just don't understand why you don't own the other two. We're not buying them and we're not watching them we're, this is not gonna be like fucking x-men there's a reason why but i just don't understand all right so here's what i'm gonna tell you right this is what we're gonna do don't no 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 okay you're not gonna be never mind i'm gonna go on amazon right now oh my god there's so many of them yeah there's like seven of them i'm not i'm not we're not going past three i'm willing to get one and two however i have a price limit in mind how much is the limit on how much Scary Movie 1 and 2 have to be in order for us to buy them. Did I ever see Scary Movie 3? It's with Charlie Sheen and Leslie Nelson and... That doesn't mean anything to me. Charlie half Sheen these... is an actor. No, I'm aware. Leslie but half Nelson. these movies have all of those people in it. No, Scary Movie 2 is the best one. No, Scary Movie 2 is the worst It's one. hilarious. They literally didn't finish the movie until a week before the movie came out. Exactly. It's I want to watch Scary Movie 2. How much do I think they are? Three dollars and ninety-seven cents. Holy fucking shit! Hold on. <laughs> Am Hold I on. right? What? Okay, so I saw there's a three pack, a scary movie triple feature, one, two, and three. It was ten dollars and eighty-three cents. <laughs> so I was like, "What is three ninety-seven times two? You miss it by almost exactly a dollar." Damn. <sighs> no, no, but we only own scary movie three. But we've done this in the past, like when we drew the X Men franchise. You're like, well, I want to see Wolverine and stuff. This is all your fucking fault. I know what I'm doing. I, I own the good one. We're not gonna buy scary movie and scary movie two just to have to deal with their shit. Okay. <sighs> it's right here. I can just buy it and go be here tomorrow. <laughs> We don't have to. And then it's another multi... It's I... okay. Let's just watch Scary Movie 3. We won't have any context for for it. There is no fucking... Con- Anna Ferris. Is, that is it. <laughs> you win. You win. You win. You win. No, no, no. No, I don't want to win. I don't want to win. Don't do it. Let's just do Scary Movie 3. That It's going against the grain of the podcast. We did it. You didn't say anything for Superman 2. Exactly. I didn't want to watch it. Barely want to watch Superman 2. You think I want to watch the other ones? But you want to watch Scary Movie and Scary Movie 2. No, it's fine. I'm sure it'll be on TV. I can watch it. And then not have to talk also, about it. Also, this is basically like a whole... Like, this is basically like a reboot. Like, totally different people. Like, there's not a Wayne's brother in this. That's why it sucks. I'm buying Scary Movie No, no, so. don't do it. Don't do it. I don't believe you as you say that. You want me to do it. No, I want you to do whatever you think is right for the show. That's what you. I want you to do. I've bought so many shitty movies, and that's coming from me. Yeah, in yeah. In the past couple years. Yeah. Because of you. Not because of me, in spite of me. 
You do it. What's that movie you just bought the other day? I don't want our next two podcasts to be the Scary Movie Trilogy and Click. What? Oh, God. <laughs> well, that's it for this series, this podcast. No, no, no. All right. Do you have a coin? No. You don't have a coin. Not right here, no. There's something I can flip. Yourself. What? I have M&M's. So, you will just have to tune in and find out if we do Scary Movie 1 and 2. Is what is happening now. <laughs> because I gotta figure this shit out. Ask, ask, ask some friends of the show. Ask Andrew. Can you even buy it on movie anymore? Because it's prime... This item's unavailable for purchase in the app. What is happening? Why is Scary Movie behind like the weirdest paywalls? <laughs> known to fucking man. I think it's meant to be that you don't get it then. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married with Movies. As always, you can listen to us on um, arcadeaudio.net slash marriedwithmovies. You can check out the other uh, podcasts in our network of shows. Name on it, let me tell you. Please visit us on Facebook, facebook.com slash marriedwithmovies. Email us, marriedwithmovies at gmail.com, uh, at marriedwmovies on Twitter. And we also have an Instagram that you can look at beautiful pictures of our movie posters that we cover. Um, Facebook.com slash MarriedMovies at that. Mary W. Movies on Twitter, ArcadeAudio.net for all the podcasts and our podcasts in our network of shows, uh-huh. Patreon.com slash ArcadeAudio for bonus content. I didn't say that. The most important one, thank you. Uh, yeah. This is why you can't give me projects like this because you're going to fucking do the plugs and they're going to be shit. I love you. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. Who the fuck was that? It was a suggested friend. Who Who's it suggesting you be friends with? This girl who went to my high school. She's got, look, she's, there's her, there are her two kids. She's mutual friends with 28 people that I know. That is why. Do you want to go through all of them? I don't know who the fuck that guy is. <laughs> I don't know who that guy is. You have 29 friends in common with that guy. Don't know who that is. Don't know who that is. That's the fucking... Ugly ass bitch that took your job at the old bank you used to work at. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.